Voice of the Bombers, one-on-one with Mike O'Shea, the Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. And hi, everybody. Welcome to the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea, 780-6868, the number to phone or text. I think you all know the drill. Uh, the Bombers 31-1 winners over Ottawa on Friday. They are now 5-0. and uh, Mike, this is going to come up on the show, so let's deal with it right off the top, and it's the Chris Matthews situation. He was involved in an incident at a bar on Saturday night. Uh, he was at practice today and looked fine. Uh, do you have anything to say about the the incident? Uh, no, he he is fine. He was practicing today, and, and the rest of it, um, as I said earlier in the scrum, I'm going to leave to uh, Winnipeg Police Services. Any concerns about this being a distraction for your club? No. Absolutely not. Okay, so 31-1. I don't know when a, a football team gives up one point. Could a coach uh, find any flaws in their defensive play? Well, I'm the one who said give up a single. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I, yeah. I own that. Yeah. You know, it's um, they, they played just, a, 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 I thought, a great game and um, started it off with a, with a pick six or, or, you know, forced some two and outs early and then uh, – uh, had a had a pick six to 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 really get the game going for us because I thought we did start off a little slow when uh, we got as I said earlier we got pushed around a little bit um, in all three phases so uh, Winston Rose comes up with a, a timely pick and takes it to the house uh, a fantastic job by him and and then uh, there we go we started to roll. Holly sends in a text saying, I'm really enjoying the season. I've been watching more than 30 years. Will Chris Matthews and Adam Big Hill be back in the lineup on Friday against Hamilton? Well, you know me, Bob. I'm not talking any lineups until we absolutely have to. But I just read the questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see on uh, day four. Big Hill's obviously making progress because he was on the field today and, and doing some things which he hadn't done before. Yeah, he's he's been making progress all all along. I mean, that's what uh, rehab does, right? They they get closer and closer. So we'll, uh, as I've said, we'll we'll give them until the last ditch minute to uh, to be available to us and to his teammates, and then uh, we'll make a decision. That's I would say always dis- deciding. Uh, to make sure the athlete's health is the primary concern. And here's the question I get about Matthews, and I've had it from dozens of people on the weekend. How could he not be in the lineup when he's healthy? I'll let you answer that one. Say that again, Bob. How could Chris Matthews yeah. not be in the lineup when he's healthy? Uh, yeah, he, I fully expect him to, to, as I said, to be a part of us winning football games this year. It's just, in this case, um, we decided to go uh, another route and... Um, you know, I think the guys performed well. Hard to argue with the route you went. Kenny Lawler's the route you went. And uh, I think anybody who wants to be objective about it would have to say, hey, how do you take him out of the lineup? Yeah, we've got a lot of depth this year. The The, the standard for uh, the next bunch of guys in is very high. So I think this is as as good a group as... as uh, as you'll see, they're, they they work extremely hard in practice. They're all vying for for spots and playing time, um, and they all, um, you know, they not that they accept their role because they want more, but they they certainly know their role and they're and they're trying to get more of it. So, Kenny Lawler came in and did a great job for us. Yeah, fair to say that few players have worked harder or been better in practice than Kenny Lawler. 
Um, I mean, I think he's been very good, but I think there's a lot of guys that are that are flashing in practice, uh, you know, every single day. Uh, here's a text from Ken. Congratulations on the win, Coach. The defense reminded me of the old days with Ty Jones and James West. Well, Mike doesn't quite go back to those old days. Uh, yeah, I know those old them. days. No, no, I know about those old days. Those are, uh, it's hard to compare. Yeah. Those are, uh, it's, it was different football back then too. So yeah. um, those were some exciting defensive teams that were um, always hungry. And then uh, he wants to know if there's any way to fix the problem of not being able to watch and listen to CJOB while watching TSN. You've got to use your PVR, Ken, and somebody can tell you how to do that, but you can slow it down and speed it up and get us in sync. Coach, did Strevler go back to being Medlock's holder full-time? This is from Gord. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And, hey, Coach, congratulations on the convincing win. I'm the type of fan who watches the game within the game. What I noticed was that the touchdown passes to Harrison Lawler probably don't materialize without the outstanding work of Daniel Peterman. I hope that his efforts were recognized during the video session. Do you agree with that observation, uh, first P- of all? Petey had a great game. As I, <laughs> He's funny because I'm always screaming at the sideline to, you know, when a guy catches a ball to, to head north. Like, get us in a position where if we're in third and one, we can go for it, right? right. So... Sometimes you see guys that, uh, and we show this stuff on film from, from other teams too, they they take a step back towards the line of scrimmage to try and make another move, and then they get stopped, uh, you know, with third and two, mm-hmm. and then their punt team comes on. So if we put our foot in the ground and head north right away, there's a, a, a lot of times we, we end up in third and one, and then our, our success rate from that distance and that down a distance has been excellent with Chris Trevler and, and Andrew Harris and the guys. So um, I'm always yelling to go north. Well, every time I do that, PD makes five or six moves, <laughs> heads back towards the line of scrimmage, makes nine guys miss, and ends up getting a first down. So I, I said, I'm just going to leave him alone. Daniel Peterman, you've liked him right since day one of last year, haven't you? Yeah, he's, he's, he runs very low to the ground. He's got a thick lower body. He's hard to tackle. He, he makes it... Uh, it's like a it's like a, a shorter guy playing baseball. The strike zone, you know, sort of shrinks. Well, his his strike zone to tackle him is mm. is a different in a different area sort of thing. I guess is the way I look at it. Um, so he 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 seems to bounce off and break tackles, and uh, guys get wound around him, and he just sort of runs out of it. Yeah. It's, it's very impressive. So if he came over to you and said, "Coach, when you played, you tackled people. Let let me do the juking and the you know the improvising." If he said that to you, would you say, okay, fine? I don't think Pete, he doesn't talk much. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you're on the Coach's Show with Michael Shea. Go ahead, Brian. Hi, guys. I haven't been able to call in for a last while, but um, I have listened to the podcast. And a couple of games ago, I heard of Tony from Rhode Island, and um, I thought it was really great that Americans are actually listening and following, and I know that more are, and I do encourage more Americans to um, call in and hear their insight. Um, so... So it must feel good to be in first place in two games ahead of Calgary, eh, Mike? Well, that's what you're telling me, because uh, as Bob knows, I don't really look at that stuff. I know we we got a game against Hamilton coming up, and they're a tough football team. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be a great game. Well, so two games ago, the special teams was on fire, and this last game, the defense was on fire. And I believe this is the first defensive touchdown of the year, if I'm... It is. They, it's uh, we're a little bit behind pace, uh, off pace from the previous years of scoring. Um, but it was good to get 
the first one out of the way. Uh, you know, I'm going to correct you. The defense have been playing really well all season long. So. Oh yeah, um, uh, yeah. I'm just yeah. saying that like, um, everybody's everyone's playing well, like um, offense as well when they sink. And, yeah. And um, the, so that was like a defensive shadow as well, right? This last game. Well, yeah, we don't. It's, they scored a point, so it's not a shutout. But is it a defensive shutout? Yeah, I'd say it is. They, you know, if you looked at it, I guess more critically, you'd say that you know we let them get within punt single range, but. Uh, you know, I don't think any team really wants to punt for a single there. They're trying to pin you. So, um, you know, as I said, it's it's my decision to give up the single there and take the field position. And when the game ends and you've only given up a point, you, you know, you sort of look back. But at the time, it's the right decision because that's the way you play smart football. But at the end, okay. you're thinking, oh, we gave up. We, we could have maybe had a shutout. But that's not what you're looking for at the time. You're looking for how do you, how do you efficiently, how do you efficiently win football games? you know, doing the right things. In my section, we were all confused. After the second touchdown in the second quarter, the, um, the referee told the time, 20-second clock timekeeper to change the clock to 10 seconds. Why was that? Yeah, I, I don't have a... I don't really even know what which play you're talking about. Oh, yeah, right after the convert on after the second touchdown, they um they wanted to change... I, not that you needed 20 seconds, but they changed it to 10 seconds. Yeah, I... After the second touchdown, you say? Yeah, after the second touchdown. Yeah, well, I listened to the podcast. You were talking to um, the guy on the sidelines, Bob, so I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, well, the clock is supposed to run on converts. Yeah, the clock runs on so. converts, so I don't think they changed it to 10. They, I think they, they, blew the whistle, they blew it down, and then they said change the clock to 10 seconds. Hmm. Yeah, I don't okay, well, we're not sure what happened there. Brian, thanks for the call. Thanks. Appreciate 780-6868. We'll be right back. The Coaches Show with Michael Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. All right, another text question at 780-6868 as we welcome you back. Is Lucky Whitehead okay? Looks like he got injured near the end of the game. He's good. Uh, another, that's it. That's it. He's good. He's, he's good. He's good we know go. he's good, but he's healthy, right? Yeah, he practiced today. Okay, here's one. How many Americans can play on offense or defense at one time? Ooh. Um, well, minus the quarterbacks, there's going to be uh, 16 Americans playing offense and defense. Now, you could play all twelve on defense if you wanted. You could play all twelve on defense. Yes, you can yeah. play all twelve on offense if that's. I think that's what he's getting at. Yeah. If, yes, there's no, there's no set uh, number like that. The way the the CBA would read would would be that there's sixteen or X number of Canadians, X number of designated imports, X number of quarterbacks, yeah. and and then just by the sheer math, it works out to sixteen. Providing you start seven Canadians, you can play your Americans anywhere you want. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hi, Coach. Great game. Really like the running packages Lapo is putting together for Strebler, but I also noticed Matt is running a little more this year. Have you noticed that he's running a little more, Mike? We've talked about his, you know, his conditioning and how he's worked on that. Has, has that been noticeable to you? I don't know that he's any, running any more or any less. You know, the the fact is when you work on something or you, you know, put it in your head in the off season that you want to be better at a variety of things that he's going to work on in the off season. And if running is one of them, then 
you know, he's more apt to take off and maybe he's more effective when he does. So, mm-hmm. but I don't know that it's more or less, you know, he's, he's going to pull the ball down and, and take off when he has to. And when he sees that that's that opportunity, because he's a great decision maker. So he, he's going to be through his reads and be able to pass the ball um, more often than not. So we're not just telling him to run uh, just to run. He, we did have one a draw play called for him and yeah. it was a good play. It worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt Nichols completed 19 passes in a row. We talked about this on the post-game show. Uh, it's a club record. It breaks Dieter Brock's record, uh, the fourth longest in Canadian Football League history. What goes into allowing a quarterback to make 19 completions in a row? I say allowing. Obviously, the quarterback has to be pretty sharp, but other things have to happen too, don't they? Yeah, it's the same. It's It's protection. It's the read it's the receivers hitting the correct correct depth at the right time matt seeing the pitchers very clean putting the ball in the right spot like the, the accuracy he has to throw with and if the accuracy is not off it's the receiver making a great grab having sticky hands so um there's so many things that go into that i mean it all runs through the quarterback but each other person on the field at the time has a job to do and if they're doing their job then these things work out but uh, Matt Matt was on, you know, and once again, he sees the field very well. He processes uh, the plays very quickly, gets through his reads and puts the ball, you know, in that run, put the ball where it needed to be. A lot of people are saying we're seeing a different Matt Nichols this year, uh, different from last year. Two years ago, it's more like he was two years ago and different from last year. Do you think there's anything to that in your eyes? No, I'm around him every day, so I think it's maybe a... Um, on the field I'm talking about. yeah. I'm around him every day, so I, I I just see Matt. He's, you know, I've I've always liked him. I've always really respected his game and and the way he um, goes about preparing is very professional. It's top notch. So, um, does he look more confident on the field to you? More decisive than he was last year? No, nope. I you know I don't I don't see it like that. I see him as this is Matt. That's who he is. Yeah, you know. Okay. I've always liked him. I thought he's, you know. No, I know you have. Yeah, I know you have. His numbers are so much better than they were last year. They're back to 2017 when he had 28 touchdowns and eight picks. It's He's having that sort of kind of year again. And it wasn't the same last year. So people are saying, well, he's he's back to where he was two years ago. And that's, you know, when you look at the numbers, that's an easy thing to say. Yeah. You know, I'm, we're pretty much looking forward and going, going ahead, you know. So if he's. You know, there's he'd be able to answer these questions. You know, whether he feels he is or or isn't, but um, I, I see the same same old Matt that that uh, you know everybody in our room has really come to enjoy and and appreciate how good he is. Another text question. Good evening, gentlemen. Great win on Friday night. Couldn't have worked out better for my father-in-law, Tom Chapman's 87th birthday. He was uh, very impressed by the signed card he received from the team as well. A very classy move by the Bombers. Thank you for that. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Thomas Miles' performance. I thought he stepped up very nicely. This is from Alvin. Yeah, uh, Thomas is a good player. You know, he, he's gotten uh, a little bit of an opportunity here. Uh, you know, I thought obviously earlier in his career he had a good opportunity in Toronto and um, that experience pays off, and he stepped on the field and and did what we knew he would do. He's he's 
he's very smart. He's going to know what he's supposed to do. He's going to be in the right spot. He he can hit, and uh, it looked like he had some fun out there. Uh, another guy who had a lot of fun, and boy, has he ever, in my eyes, the last couple of games really come on in terms of making plays that you notice. Jackson Jeffcoat had five tackles and a quarterback sack. He, he looks like he's, to use the term, feeling it right now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's good to be around. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, I don't know what he changed in the offseason. Maybe a little bit lighter, but uh, he, he certainly got a good energy um, going where he can, he can go hard um, for the majority of the game. And even though we have a rotation and they get a bit of rest, but he's... He's uh, playing extremely well right now. People around the league are raving, too, about your tackles, Drake Nevis and the rookie Richardson. And those guys don't get a lot of sort of spotlight and, and numbers. But uh, I know across the league, coaches are saying, whoa, those guys are making a big difference in the middle. Yeah, our six defensive linemen are, are all extremely capable at, at manning their spots uh, inside, the three guys inside with with Drake, Jake, and Stove. Um those are, are big bodies that get a lot of push, so um, they're fun fun to watch. They do create a lot of havoc back there. There was an explanation given on Saturday night in the Saskatchewan-BC game. We're going to talk about that when we come back because a lot of people were confused by what Al Bradbury had to say. Not that Al said anything wrong, but uh, just something that people had never heard before. So we'll ask Mike to explain that when we come back. Coach, a show with Michael Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. On Saturday night, Michael Shea, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and BC Lions are playing at the Mosaic Stadium. And in the second quarter, the Riders run a fake field goal. And John Ryan throws a pass to Keenan LaFrance, and they get a first down. However, here's the way the head referee explained why the play was illegal. And I want you, because I'm sure the fans have never heard this terminology before, even how this works. A lot of it, I don't know. I'd never heard before. So Al Bradbury said, and these are his words verbatim. I wrote it down. Number 27, LaFrance, caught the ball. 27 had been listed by Saskatchewan as one of their eligible players playing an ineligible position making what we call the card live. The card was live through the long snapper. Therefore, we have an ineligible receiver penalty on Saskatchewan's number 27. Now, uh, how can an eligible player be playing an ineligible position, and what does the card live mean? Can you explain that in sort of layman's simple oh, terms? I don't know, in layman's terms. Um, <laughs> so we can all understand I, it? I, I, I completely understand what Al said there. Yeah, I so. know you do. <laughs> Not many people do. but All right, so uh, on our punt team on the left side is Kyrie Wilson, number 19, at tackle, and Shane Goche, number 44, at guard, and our long snapper is number 46, Chad Rempel. Okay. All those numbers are eligible receiver numbers. Right, you can have uh, like S.J. Green wears number nineteen in Toronto. He's an eligible receiver. So Kyrie Wilson could technically line up on our offense and catch and a pass. Catch a pass. So uh, to protect for all this deception that could go on on your punt team, 
you have to give uh, the referees at the beginning of the game or um, before the stretch sort of starts at midfield, you give them the list of the numbers of guys that are could potentially be eligible numbers, so 1944-46 on our punt team, yeah. that are playing guard, tackle, and center on your punt team, all right, just to shorten the explanation down. That way you can't run a fake pass on your punt team and throw it to your tackle or your guard, which would be ineligible on any offensive play. You're not going to throw a pass to Jamarcus Hardrick, number 51, yeah. right? He's not eligible to catch a pass. Well, it's the same thing. So they're just trying to protect the integrity of the game with this card. So since the long snapper from Saskatchewan has an eligible number and he was snapping on that fake field goal, Keenan mm-hmm. LaFrance, who is listed as a tackle on their punt team, technically can't catch a pass now because you could change it every single play if you didn't have this administrative card that the officials use to to manage the game. The kicking game really is what it is. Yeah. So that doesn't explain it any better, I'm sure. It's too wordy, but that's the way it works. You, you give them the numbers at the beginning. You say that these guys are not going to catch passes for you when, when this administrative card is active, and it's active when you're long snapper um, or when uh, – Yes, when your long snapper has an eligible number. So the card was live through the long snapper, is what Al Bradbury yeah, said. Yeah, because which, their long snapper has an has an eligible number. Yeah. If they had used, if they had run the same play and used an offensive lineman as their field goal snapper, they would have been fine. The okay. card wouldn't be live, so Keenan LaFrance could then catch a pass. It was a hell of a catch, by the way. Yeah, what's the logic behind that? Once again, just to protect sort of the integrity of this kicking game. Otherwise, you'd be running fakes to everybody. All over the field, you have a guard. Catch, the ball yeah, you have a guard yeah. catch a pass, okay. or you know, you can't. Yeah, that's the way I think of it. All right. Well, I hope that's clear for some people because I can tell you that uh, when I, I watched the explanation over and over and over again, I thought I don't quite get that. I get it now, sort of. Uh, <laughs> Coach, the team is staying in Ontario for the week after the Hamilton game. Good decision. Now, this is from Richard. For those who don't know, the Bombers play in Hamilton Friday, and then in Toronto the following Thursday. You've done this before. What goes into making that decision, Mike? Yeah, we haven't done it since I've been here. Um, okay. The but team has, but anyway. Yes, the yeah. team has done it. Uh, we've done it before uh, with another team that I was with uh, a few times. Uh, the logic is you're saving two flights. You're gaining extra days because if you if you take those flights back or if you have to wait overnight to get a flight out of a, a, a community, mm-hmm. um, you're you're missing a portion of a day. So you do that twice because you'd be flying back to Winnipeg then flying back to Ontario. So... Um, you, you know, the, the budget is almost a, a wash in terms of, uh, staying in Southern Ontario, staying in Guelph, uh, for, for six days rather than, or five days, rather than flying back and forth a couple of times. So what, what can the benefits of that be from your perspective? Well, you, you save prep time for sure. The players, uh, you know, no matter what happens, going up to 36,000 feet and coming back down, you get dehydrated. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of of inefficiency to that, um, you know, at airports and everything. So, uh, and then, um, obviously the, the other benefit is being on the road together for an extended period of time allows the players to just to be around each other longer and eat together and hang out and go to the movies and whatever they would do in town here. Now they're doing a different, different place, but now they have to do it together. Right. So they're, um, it's more team centric. So nothing negative about this from your point of view. No, the, the times we've done it with a, with another team was I thought it was excellent. Here's a question about uh, Chris Matthews and and uh, Kenny Lawler. Can you rotate Matthews 
and Lawler, is there a rule? I know what the answer is, but you go ahead. Well, we could if we set our roster like that, but uh, currently, you know, we're using one of those spots as a designated import for the returner. So uh, I'll give you an example. When we had uh, Charles Nelson now uh, replaced by Kenny Walker, so um, that was that spot. You could technically take that spot out if, you know, Chris Matthews and Kenny Lawler were returners, then that would be um, of great benefit. Obviously, you'd save a spot, but they're not. So yeah. we're, we're currently using that spot for the for a designated returner. How would you rate uh, Kenny Walker's debut as a returner? Uh, I thought he was excellent. He handled the ball extremely well. Uh, he was confident. He uh, He's obviously very fast. Um, you know, he's a straight line guy. He, he's going to hit it, which yeah. is, uh, you know, for a lot of the blockers is quite pleasing. You know, they, they like to make their block and have a guy run by them yeah. rather than try and hold their block and hold their block and hold their block as guys move around. But, uh, he's a, he's a get North hit it right now kind of guy, which is, which is good. And he's fast, fast, fast. Yeah. I always look for something simple with kick returners. Number one, they have to catch the ball. Now people say, well, they all catch the ball. No, they don't. Sometimes they let it bounce, which you never should do if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it seemed like to me that he, he got it. He figured it out real fast how to, how to do this, some of these simple things. Yeah, he's been, I can't say enough about his professionalism. He sits there in the meetings and every special meeting he's taking notes and the offense he's taking notes. He's preparing for his opportunity. He's catching punts in, the, in practice, catching kickoffs. He's doing whatever we ask him to do. Mm-hmm. And he gets his opportunity and he's prepared. He's ready for it. Um, I thought he showed, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's, for these guys, if it's their first opportunity, it's about courage, right? Going up and catching those yeah. those those punts in traffic. And I thought he, you know, he did a good job. There was probably one he'd like to have back that he was standing a little deep, but there was a tailwind. The, the, the punt wasn't hit very clean, and it took him a second to recognize that it wasn't a good clean shot because, you know, you're basically playing against the, the longest hitting punter in the, in the league. He's averaging 54 yards a punt. So with a bit of a tailwind, you're standing back. 60 say and uh he just didn't get a hold of that one and it ends up bouncing in front of him but i thought he played a, a a good clean game in terms of fielding the ball and he and he hit it hard like he said he was gonna yeah he was uh, we talked to him a couple of days before the game and he lo- loved this five-yard halo he said you know when you're playing the states you don't you don't have that luxury he thought that was awesome what a great rule yeah <laughs> a lot of returners do like it <laughs> yeah for sure all right seven eight oh six eight six eight back with the final segment of our show the coach's show with michael shea on 680 cjob The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. And welcome back to Bombers in Hamilton on Friday. And Ed sends a text saying the big tests will be when they play Hamilton and Calgary. I still believe the secondary has to tighten up a little bit more. Michael Shea? We we absolutely could get better at every position, every phase. I mean... That's what uh, that's what practice is for. That's what the season's for is to keep improving right through to the very end. Jesse, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Jesse. Hey, Mike. Um, so earlier earlier this year, I got a call from Matt Nichols just thanking the season ticket holders for just supporting them, and it really meant a lot. And I was just wondering if that was you or Matt's idea. Well, Jesse, it, it, it wasn't my idea, um, but, you know, I've had the 
odd phone call that's gotten through my line, and I don't mind talking to the fans either, <laughs> the season ticket holders. I think you guys are great. I mean, you come out and support us, and our players have a very good understanding of uh, the the business side of the CFL, and they truly respect and appreciate everybody's support. They they get it. They We make sure uh, the new guys have a good understanding of how this league works, and without your butts in our seats, um, this doesn't fly. So I'll call you and thank you too, if you'd like. That's awesome. <laughs> no, no, I was just curious, but thanks thanks a lot, man. That's, yeah, that's I think great. that comes from the marketing department, Jesse, and from Wade Miller. They get uh, the coach, uh, the players to, to call season ticket holders and thank them for their support. That's yeah. And it's not, a, it's not a tough ask. Like I said, I think our players, you're not going to find players saying no to that because um, – I tell you what, you get you're over you guys are over a hundred in terms of procedure calls or mistakes by the opposition, just how loud you are. You look like you're having a good time. You know, that's uh <laughs> it's a pleasure to to be in front of everybody. Jesse, are you up at the rum hut in the third quarter? You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a rum drinker's <laughs> voice right there. <laughs> right. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> He hesitated before he fessed up to that. Danny, you're on the Coaches Show with Michael Shea. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the win. Secondly, i got two comments. I was wondering, it looks like your team for this year has a lot of respect for the other teams, a lot of respect for the organization and the coaches because they go up there, they look like a professional team. Secondly, I find that with that respect, it's knocked down a lot of penalties. We don't take... Uh, we'll take the obvious holding or maybe pass interference, but we don't take the head hits. We don't take the selfish penalties. I see we're veering away from that, which is excellent to see. The third thing is I was wondering, in the game, you played a 1.3 defensive ends. Is that going to be coming in more often when you know it's going to be a pass to get more rush on them? That's yeah. my question. Yeah, we have a we have a bunch of packages we use, um, and the the three defensive ends are like I said on our roster. Our defensive line is a is a fantastic group, so we can put those three defensive ends out there, and and you could play them even inside, and it creates a really different matchup and a different thought process for the offensive linemen who are you know you're used to going against the bigger guys and and what they bring with a bull rush. Now they got to deal with speed and quickness on the inside. And they their footwork might not be built for that, so we'll do all sorts of things like that to try and get different matchups and present different problems for for the opposition. Um, interesting thing, I'll go back to your second comment about the penalties. We have been the least penalized team in the in the previous two years. Also, we're not quite there yet, but we only had four penalties for forty yards last game, which was nice down from what we've had. And it usually goes down as as the season goes on. And then you have one wacky game where it goes up, but. It's 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 to me it's respect for their teammates. They they don't want to go out there and commit a foul. Um, they don't want to let their teammates down. So it's it's not about the the game and the and the opposition and the coaching staff. They've got a tremendous respect for their teammates and they play that way. And I appreciate you noticing that. All right, Danny. Okay, yeah. yeah. Thanks for your show and good luck on Friday. Bring back the W. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Danny. Let's go to Phil. Phil, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead. Good evening, Mr. O'Shea. How you doing, Phil? Another very nice game. Um, I can see that why they call it professional football because all your guys are pros. I'd like to think so. We don't. Uh, 
they're, they're professionals and they do their job extremely well. And your coaches and the guys that back you up, they're very professional and it shows on the field and it shows every week they're getting progressively better and better and better. Yeah, they're, they're, I can't say enough about them. The group of guys we have, are they, they are committed to, to working hard, and, and you mentioned the coaching staff. <laughs> they're, they're top-notch. They're top they, they, are, they are a great staff. They don't, I, get a, they don't get enough credit, but you're the man of the show. But those guys, they, they cover you very nicely. <laughs> you know, they could, they would, I would love for them to come in and do the show. That would be great. <laughs> no, they, uh, they, they work extremely hard also. And, and what I really love about going to work is they, they work so well together. Our coaching staff does a great job of being in the building together and spending a lot of time working together to put together a plan yeah, for and players. The players. And the you guys, yeah, you're a good, good oiled machine. That's only going to get better. All right, Phil. Good luck on uh, Friday. Thanks, Phil. You know, you reference uh, continuity on your coaching staff. How important do you think that is to the success you've had, not just this year, but last year, the year before? Because yep. you've had the same group for it's, a while now. It's a, it's a huge ingredient. It's a, it's a real key. I mean, um, I think that's been a strength. Is we've got a good staff, and they work well together, and they've done it for they, – they know each other. They've done it for a number of years. Lapo goes into – Richie's office, and they put together their their practice script, and uh, you know they go back and forth a little bit, have a little fun with it, and mm. and out they come, and the practice looks beautiful. So, um, all of them, all of them, like I said, they they seem to work well together. A uh, question about uh, Dembski: Is he going to be okay to play? I believe so. And here's a question, well, it says for me, Bob, but uh, can you find out through the CFL statistician what the record is for most consecutive minutes with the lead? Do you realize the Bombers have yet to trail at any point in any game this season? Is that right? I thought you led all, but for all of nine minutes. Are you aware of those stats at all, Coach? I would, I would not be aware. I would also... Have a hard time seeing the relevance. <laughs> you know, it's about wins, and if you yeah. if you carry the lead, that's fine. But you also have to figure out a way to to come back if you're down, right? So, yeah. um, I have not realized that we've been in that situation. By the way, the coach's show is brought to you by Bear Crop Science, Science for a Better Life. Well, here's uh, here's one though. You guys have in the first quarter this year, I think you've given up eight points in the five games you've played. You've given up eight points in the opening quarter. Well, that would probably be a big reason why we've been leading games. Yeah, but that's a great way to start, isn't it? You know, so you're not chasing the game. Yep, they the guys are prepared to come out and play from the get-go, and that'd be a nice thing to continue. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Hamilton for a minute before we're out of time here. The Tiger Cats are 4-1. and one. They're coming off a bye, first of all. Any concern, uh, Ree, that for you? Yeah, they're going to be fresh. They're going to play a physical brand of football, and we have to make sure that we're playing to our standard. What's their strength? What's made them good this year? Oh, I think uh, they are a three-phase football team. They've won on special teams. They've won with their defense. They've won with their offense. They have have uh, extremely uh, good talent in all three phases. Uh, and Orlando Steinauer is going to have them playing extremely well. And uh, and he's always concerned about complementary football, making sure all three phases are contributing. They have a home run hitter, too, and Mr. Banks, Speedy Banks, he's been dynamite. Yeah, Mazzoli to Banks has been a good combination. And then when that's maybe been uh, shut down a little bit, Banks will pick it up on special teams and score. We're going to do the show from Guelph next Monday night. You okay with that? 
Let's do it. All right, where you went to college. The Bombers are in Hamilton Friday, then in Toronto the following Thursday. They'll stay in Guelph in the interim, and we'll do the show from Guelph. We'll be back next Monday, 7 o'clock, with another edition of The Coach's Show with Michael Shea on 680 CGOB.